the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 166 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 14. I'm Liam, and I'm 11. I'm 14. Yep, Anna had a birthday in between. She got a new I love when I, I left the next podcast after my birthday, and I get to say I'm mm-hmm. a year older. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's part of the tradition. Yes. It's nice. Yeah. 14. All right. Not nearly as interesting as 13, so we're just going to move on. I started when I was eight, right? <laughs> eight? We started when I was eight. Yeah, I think you were eight when we started. Wow. Yeah, almost half then your life. Almost. Now. Yeah. Whoa. A little over a year, I think. Anyway. I have been doing this podcast over half my life, correct? That's true. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it over half my life. Yep. <laughs> That's weird. Fun. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot of emails uh, to get to and some really big news, but we're not going to do either of those things today <laughs> uh, because today we are going to start our dramatic read through of the duel of the fates. Now, is it the duel yes. of the fates or just duel of the fates? Let's see. Duel, duel of the of fates. The Episode fates. nine, duel of the fates. Okay. So now none of us have read this yet. And uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is Doing the it completely on the fly. Yep, we're gonna do this on the fly. It's a and like Anna said, it's gonna be a table read where uh, nobody sees the script in advance, and everybody is just reading it. I have to. And I have no to say, one has any idea what part they're gonna yeah. say. I, I, in full full disclosure, I did read the first ten pages, maybe myself just you. so that i can kind of get a sense of how what the script how it reads would this how be interesting on the show that kind of thing uh, okay yeah i guess that makes sense sorry um also and i'm assuming it is i mean we'll see <laughs> <laughs> um so just a little bit of background on this this is the leak that w- or the script that was leaked um after the rise of skywalker came out and this is apparently um you know, sources say this is legit. This is actually the script that Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly wrote for episode nine. And there is concept art, and I'll show you kids, you know, uh, a little bit of that as we go, uh, maybe after the show. There's concept art that lines up with what's in this script. Cool. Right? So they were doing concept art for this, and they you know, realized once JJ took over, they they scrapped this script. Uh, basically, nothing survives from this script, for the most part. Um, and they rewrote everything, and then, of course, they had to do concept art for all that, too. Um, anyway, this is the script. Episode 9, Duel of the Fates. Wait, why did they... Why did they not finish it again? Well, that's a good question. Um... Now, we don't know for sure, but the the rumors out there are that Colin Trevorrow was kind of let go by Lucasfilm. They said, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. Lucasfilm didn't, or Disney or Kathleen Kennedy, you know, somebody up high did not like this script. Didn't didn't want this to be the direction. Maybe they liked uh-huh. it, they just didn't want it to be the episode nine. They didn't want it well, to be the sure. last movie sure, of Star sure. Wars. Yeah. And also, I think... Uh, I can't imagine it doesn't play into it. Um, there are scenes in this script with Leia that would have been impossible doing it how they did it for The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, right? They would have had to either recast, you know, have someone else play Leia, CGI. or do CGI, and they didn't want to... Ooh, did, did, did the listeners at home hear that? We have a fly in the basement yes. that just flew right by the microphone. Yep. That'll be fun. If you're listening on on earbuds, you may you might think feel a like a fly just flew next to you. you. <laughs> oh, that's the Wait. worst feeling uh, ever when there's buzzing right by your ear <laughs> and you feel something touching your ear and you're like, oh, get off. Maybe of we should like copy that and put it as like the lightsaber noise. Zoom, zoom, <laughs> zoom. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Hey, we'll see. Good idea. So we're not going to get through the whole script today because this is a full length movie. The script for a full-length movie. If we did get through it, what time do you think we'd end up? It's one. It's two o'clock. We'd right have now. to read for at least two hours. So <laughs> at I least. think Just I 60 think minutes. We're gonna cap it at an hour. 
I think we'll have plenty to talk about while we're doing this too, which might make it take longer. Yeah. <laughs> which, oh well. We might have to cut it into three episodes. Maybe. And then I, my idea is once we're all done with all of it, I might just edit the whole thing together and add in some music cues and sound effects and then release it as one whole thing later. Mm, maybe. Wow. But if you want to get our commentary on it, you want to hear what we think about it as we read it, all that stuff, that's going to happen now. Yes. And then I might, through the magic of editing and... That would be hours a lot of hours editing. of free time this summer. I might, I might just. By the end of the summer, we'll have the entire script. <laughs> we'll see. The entire movie for you in podcast form. George Lucas had one direction that he gave his actors when he was directing movies mm-hmm. faster, more intense. Okay? All right. Faster, more intense. So don't speed read, but, you know. Put some oomph into it, and it's okay to take your time. <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know, even if you want to read the line first and then deliver it, right? That's okay. Like, read it in your head first, because I can always edit out. But try uh, not to, because then that would be a lot of editing. Yeah, but still. Okay. And then <laughs> as, read the script. <laughs> as we go through the script, I will just end up pointing to you, and I'll say, I'll say, Ray says... And then Anna, you would say okay. Ray's part, right? I, I if you think want to be Ray, we we all we all are um, okay actors at least. And if you want to, um, so, so I, I will take like the older roles, like Leia, Luke. Um, I, I kind of want to be Kylo be Ren. Ray. I kind of want to be Hux and Kylo Ren. I think Liam. Can you be? Can you be? Oh, do you want to be? Kylo? I gotta be the good guys. Nobody likes the good guys. Who do you want to be? I want to be the bad guys. Well, you can't be all the bad guys. How about do you want to be Hux or Kylo? How do I know which? Parts Kylo's wearing his mask and Kylo isn't wearing. Oh, it'll his say. Mask. It'll say. All Can right. I be Kylo, okay, please. Liam. We're just gonna start. Okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Star Wars Episode Nine by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow, or is it Trevorrow? Trevorrow. I, I never know. Based on characters <laughs> created by, by George. George Lucas. Lucas is that how you say? <laughs> <laughs> Dated December sixteenth. 2016. What? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Episode 9, Duel of the Fates. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. Dun, dun, dun. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot. Only three dots, not four, which I don't know. I think it should be four. Is there four in the other scripts? Yeah. In the other opening? Usually. Okay. So, EXT means exterior space. It means it's a shot that's outside, right? Mm -hmm. But I'll usually just say where it is. Uh, Space. A rich tapestry of stars reaching beyond all we know. Two sharp points of a space station enclose the sides of the frame as we drift backwards into the glowing rectangular entrance of a docking bay. Inside the Kuat orbital ring in the docking bay, a First Order transport touches down. A wide platform descends, revealing a variety of droids. A graphite BB unit carefully splits off from the group. It's BB-8! In the corridor of the orbital ring, the graphite BB unit swerves to avoid a brutish labor droid, scraping BB's spherical side against the wall. His head tilts down, checking a scuff in his paint, revealing orange beneath. It's BB-8, deep undercover. He lets out a familiar, uh-oh, <laughs> and rotates the orange scuff beneath his head. And the next scene is the surveillance den on the Kuat moon, so below the space station on the moon during the day. A comm device blinks in a cramped room stacked with recycled Imperial gear. Rose Tico, adventure-worn and battle-ready, grabs it with gloved hands. Rose says, BB-8, you in? 
BB-8 beeps affirmative. Rose looks up through the broken roof at the orbital ring in the sky above. Star destroyers protrude from it like spikes on a punk bracelet. I need eyes on the checkpoint. In the Kuat orbital ring, BB-8 plugs into a scomp terminal, anxious, tense. Out the window, the glowing Kuat moon, sun cresting its horizon. Back in the surveillance den, a hollow emitter grid lights up, blurred and scrambled. Rose straps electro goggles over her cracked leather flight helmet. boy. From Rose's point of view, we see the images unscramble, revealing a security checkpoint. The heads-up display zooms on an approaching dropship. Here they come! On the Kuat moon, at the security checkpoint, the dropship touches down in a canyon of white and blue sedimentary rock, kicking up a storm of silver sand. Stormtroopers shield their eyes as the craft spits out a new batch of migrant workers from all corners of the galaxy. Aliens and humans submitting to the First Order in exchange for safety and a scrap of food. Stormtroopers funnel the migrants towards a weapons detector. We notice Finn disguised in rags among them. Checkpoint. Keep your head down. A robed human nods, face hidden under dusty headwear. A bottleneck quickly forms. The ragged aliens bark at each other in a dozen languages. A beast-like Drovian shoves Finn. Whoa, hey, no trouble here. The Drovian grabs Finn's neck with a single hand and lifts him up, teeth bared. Trouble! Trouble! The robed human steps between them, Poe Dameron. Easy, pal. Poe pulls a dried, three-eyed pectofish from a leather pouch beneath his robe. Here, I couldn't finish it. The Drovian eyes the fish, drops Finn, eats. We notice Poe's hand on a concealed blaster beneath his robe. Finn regains his footing, clenching his neck. Thanks. Poe shoots him a tense look. They move toward the scanner. How will we know if BB-8 hacked the mainframe? The weapons scanner alarms. Stormtroopers pull a mangy godel out of the group. He pleads, pointing desperately to his metallic horns. Blasters fire. We'll know, Poe says. Poe and Finn stepped into the weapons scanner. Just as they enter, the machine shudders and clicks off. We lost power. Hold the line. Stormtroopers step in front of the scanner, blasters smoking. Finn and Poe eye each other, tense. Back on the orbital ring, BB-8's scomplink stutters and spins. A stormtrooper drops a crate of spanners nearby. BB-8 startles as they clatter across the floor. Droid sweat. (laughs) Just meaning he's nervous. Back at the security checkpoint, the stormtrooper smacks the console. It powers up again with our armed infiltrators standing inside it. No alarm. Go on. Get moving. Our guys exhale, still alive. Our guys? Poe and Finn. Now we're at the Kuat Workers Colony. Poe and Finn pass through the border wall to reveal a vast migrant settlement. Modular housing painted with colorful symbols from each worker's homeworld. A vibrant melting pot. The orbital ring looms above, connected to the planet's surface by a massive power shaft plunged directly into the core. It glows blue with the ship-fueling energy mined here. So there's a big shaft that comes all the way from the ring in space down into the planet. That's really cool. That is cool. That would be a cool visual. Yeah. Poe locks eyes with Bis Kova, a furry alien watching from a machine shop. Bis taps his cheek. Poe says, that's our guy. Nearby, a suspicious Tuscan, face-wrapped. The Tuscan eyes Finn and Poe as they follow Biskova inside a hut. Inside the hut, a big-cheeked, hairless alien baby bounces in a hanging sea cow stomach, while Biss's partner, Dalkova, brushes an unappetizing roast with melted fat. Ew. <laughs> Rose emerges from behind a beaded curtain in the back. You said two days. I've been here two weeks. This place doesn't seem so bad. Good people, terrible food. Rose rolls a canvas map onto the table. This is our access point. 
She drops a hollow chip. It projects the orbital ring and the power shaft plunging from it into the moon's core. This power shaft delivers raw ore to the orbital ring. A detonation directly into the energy stream here will cause a chain reaction. A blinking holographic light shoots up into the orbital ring, causing a series of explosions around the entire structure. And take the whole thing down, Poe says. Finn looks up through the broken roof at the orbital ring above, a dozen Star Destroyers fueling up. Along with their new fleet. How do we know they haven't detected BB-8's signature, Poe says. The alien baby starts to cry. Rose picks up a rattle and shakes it. There's a lot we don't know. That's why I voted for the other plan. This is when we second-guess the plan? Right now? Rose sticks a finger into the alien baby's mouth. We can take out the enemy's fuel source and be light years away before they know what hit them, but we have to move now. Finn and Poe regard this odd moment. Rose really has been down here a while. Poe says, okay, let's blow this thing and go home. Outside of the Kuat colony, Poe, Finn, and Rose move past migrant workers toward the massive power shaft base extending to the sky. The Tuscan follows them in the deep background. Poe says, BB-8? Don't worry, I'm alive. Unlock the power shaft doors and get ready with that shuttle. Back at the orbital ring, BB-8 detaches his scomp link and speeds down the corridor. At the colony, now at the power shaft base, a trio of space gray mech troopers guard the door. Whack! Poe makes short work of the first mech trooper, knocking him unconscious. Finn and Rose quietly take down the other two with electric shock prods. Poe unlatches a device from the mech trooper's belt, throws it to Finn. He scans it on the wall. Inside the power shaft, a massive cylinder of particle energy rushing upwards. Finn, Poe, and Rose approach it and gaze up, dwarfed. Poe says, we'll have 20 seconds before detonation, give or take. Give or take how long? Poe hands out three flying thermal detonators. Nice and easy, just like pitching palmetto stick. We didn't have that. Oh, we're going now? Poe underhand tosses his charge into the stream where it rockets upwards in the particle flow. Rose throws hers. Finn chucks his like a live grenade and runs. Poe says into his comm, BB-8, bombs are away, we'll meet you at the relay point. In the maintenance shuttle dock, BB-8 rolls into the droid slot of a tiny maintenance shuttle, old and forgotten. The ship powers up. Back at the power shaft base, our heroes exit through the maintenance door to find themselves face to face with a platoon of stormtroopers and mech troopers. Drop your weapons! Migrant workers crane their necks from the village. The masked Tuscan lurks among them. Poe eyes the orbital ring, anticipating the explosion. Distraction in three, two, one, now! Poe dives, rolls, head covered, but nothing happens. In the command center of the Kuat orbital ring, a first order officer rushes to alert steely Admiral Vaughn. Screen graphics show a contained blast in the power shaft. Glass shields have contained the explosion, Admiral. All systems stable. Vaughn looks down at the glowing Kuat moon below and scoffs. Their outdated tactics are pitiful. Admiral Vaughn says. On that, the Kuat colony, Rose and Finn look up at the orbital ring, fully intact. Poe says, any second now. Suddenly a high-pitched wail spins them around. The hooded Tuscan steps forward. Blades of blue light flash from its gloved hands. It's holding a dual lightsaber. The Tuscan, <laughs> The Tuscan takes down everything in its path, lithe and deadly with the blade. Finn, Rose, and Poe duck and fire away until they're surrounded by bodies, blasters smoking. The Tuscan's mask hits the ground. It's Ray. Not the girl we last saw. A grown woman, powerful, strong. Finn says, What are you doing here? Ray spins and blocks a laser blast we didn't see coming. Her robes fall from her shoulders, revealing a battle-ready outfit of all black. A simple thank you would do, Ray says. 
She throws the double blade like a boomerang, ducks behind a power regulator as the spinning saber slices all in its path, then rises in time to catch it. This is a new weapon of her own design, made from the pieces of Anakin's broken lightsaber and her own staff. She wields it with grace. Well, we saw that, kind of, in the movie. Yeah, I guess we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Poe ducks behind a generator, yells through lasers at Rey. You shouldn't have come here. You'd rather be killed? If it means you're safe, yeah. There's something more behind those words. Oh, no. No, they cannot. <laughs> they cannot make Poe and Ray together. No, Poe is meant for Finn. <laughs> Poe and Finn are meant for each other. Oh, you'll be so disappointed with this script. No! When they get, when they, if no! they kiss, I'm going upstairs. Oh, I, I, if they kiss, that. I'm going upstairs and breaking the computer. I am breaking something. <laughs> I'm glad this didn't happen though, because still oh. there's still there's still a chance for Poe and Finn to be together, you know. But if Poe's with Ray, okay. So Poe says, "If it means you're safe, yeah." There's something more behind those words. Why Now's do you have not to read it again? <laughs> and then Ray says, "Now's not the time." Definitely not the time, Poe says. Uh. She force pushes a pack of eight, sending them clattering. The migrant workers point to Ray in awe, whispering, reverent. The children cheer, speaking a word they all know. Jedi! Jedi! More stormtroopers flood into the square, but the migrants block their path to protect Ray. Some throw rocks, others swing with hammers and tools. It's inspiring, a promise of revolution. Poe says, Ray, we gotta go. Ray hesitates, wanting to fight alongside these people. I have to help them. Poe eyes more troop transports and incoming TIE fighters. Not here, not now. Ray knows he's right, but it kills her inside. She reluctantly follows her friends through the blast door. Finn moves to follow them, but his ankle is grabbed by a fallen stormtrooper, helmet blasted open. They lock eyes. Recognition. A memory from long ago. Finn pulls free and continues on, but he's shaken. Back at the orbital ring in the command center, an officer races to Admiral Vaughn. Admiral Vaughn says, What happened down there? The last Jedi is with them, sir. Vaughn's confidence turns to fear. Alert the Knights of Wren. I'm not, I'm not going to do a, a British accent for Ray because mm. I'm going to be like, really bad would it be bad you have a good british accent no i know but it'd be a lot and it would be be better if i just don't okay okay uh okay back at the power back at the power shaft core (laughs) ray poe finn and rose race toward a maintenance turbo lift that runs the length of the power shaft to the ring above poe says into his comlink bb8 we're coming up to you plan's gone sideways in space, BB-8 has already left the orbital ring and the shuttle on his way down to their rendezvous point on the planet's surface, per the plan. He beeps incredulously. At the power shaft core, Poe looks up at the ring above. We're going to need another ship. His eyes settle on the Eclipse, a colossal star destroyer docked just above them, an ivory pirate ship in space. You're not serious, Ray says. Finn says, that's a Eclipse-class dreadnought. You cannot fly... I can fly anything. Rose hacks into the turbo lift. The glass door opens, and she says... We're in. All right. Now they're in the turbo lift. The door slides shut, cutting off the sound. And Rose says... Clench. Everything. <laughs> the turbo lift capsule rockets up into the tube, traveling from the planet's surface to the orbital ring in seconds. In the orbital ring fueling dock, the turbolift door opens to find the stern of the Eclipse Dreadnought right in front of them, miles wide. Thick fuel lines attached to the propulsion engines. Glide rovers shuttle supplies to the ship. Ray says, You sure about this? Poe says, Nope. Rose says, We had better odds on Raxus Prime. Finn says, That was not my fault. You need to let Raxus Prime go. 
Ooh, what happened on Rex's Prime? Seems like every Star Wars movie has to have something like that. Right? Uh, yeah. That business on Kato Nimoidia didn't count. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's write a whole novel about that. And they did. Yeah. They hop into a Glide <laughs> Rover. Yeah, it's Legends now, but they did. <clears throat> or part of a novel. They hop into a Glide Rover and speed off. At the Observation Tower, Admiral Vaughn watches the Glide Rover race toward the eclipse. Where are they going? The glide rover disappears inside the docked destroyer. Admiral Vaughn cracks slightly as their plan dawns on him. They can't possibly. Admiral Vaughn leans over a first order tech. How many men on that ship? Uh, just the bridge crew, sir. The rest are on dock leave. <laughs> that voice. <laughs> well, they can't all have British accents and sound mean, right? The first order tech's like, oh, I don't know. I just think there's just a couple of them on there. <laughs> <laughs> In the Eclipse Star Destroyer on the bridge, a massive navigational bridge, dense with First Order crew, a laser blast spins them around. Rose cocks her heavy weapon. Finn seals the door. Poe says, who's in charge here? And the deck officer acts all brave and says, I am. Great, Poe says. I'm your new pilot. Where does the pilot sit? Ray loses patience, waves her palm toward the officer, and says, You will set a course for the Neruan system. Neruan. 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 Neruan, maybe? You will set a course for the Neruan system. Sounded so much like that. <laughs> to which the deck officer replies, Set a course for the Neruan system. The crewmen turn and take their positions at the console, mind-tricked en masse. That means all of them. Poe and Ray... En masse? En masse. Poe and Ray take the helm, pressing buttons, guessing. Ray says, Cold start the engines. We can jump right to hyperspace if we overheat the laser cannon drive. Poe says, The exhaust will spill over... Into the propulsion systems. We can freeze the chamber. They're finishing each other's sentences? I hate <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Po. No, po. this is horrible. Oh. Poe looks to Ray as they flip switches, a gleam in his eye. I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this at all. I don't like That's not what he says, but he does no, say. He, he does but say. He still says something. He says, Don't you see, you and I, how we. Not the time. Exactly. Finn sits Never the time! Never the time! He's supposed to be saying that to Finn. Finn sits at a massive control board with a hundred buttons and says, Okay, I'm going to need very specific instructions. Rose goes to work at the nav console and says, Shields up, setting calculations for light speed. Poe says, Let's go. Don't rush me. I mess this up and we'll fly right into the sun. Finn taps a screen in front of him. The ship's exterior lights click on. I found the lights! I turned on the lights! One of the crewmen snaps out of his mind trick. Eyes Finn. Who are you? Whack! Finn knocks him out cold. Let's get somewhere else fast. Poe says, working on it. Poe eases his hands into the steering rig. Who uses an inverted control yoke? <laughs> I know I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, like, inverted means if you push down, you go up, and if you pull yeah, back, you go so down. Yeah, so confusing. That's actually how a lot of... Anyway. The Eclipse roughly disengages and scrapes its way out. Fuel conduits unhinge and spit blue energy, slicing through the dock's infrastructure. The ship's exterior lights blink on and off in patch grids. <laughs> Post. Finn's still playing with the lights. It's funny. <laughs> Heavy cannons fire on the Eclipse's shields. Back on the bridge, Poe leans back. The craft dips down. The black, empty part is where we should be pointed. I'm trying. Everything's backwards. Finn looks out the window at the planet, rising into view as they tilt further down. I can fly anything. Poe gains control of the craft's trajectory, but not its access. They are inverting. The planet rolls from the bottom of the massive front window to the top. Okay, we're rolling now. Poe says, do we have the droid? Back in space, BB-8's maintenance craft is hit, burning, engineless, 50 feet from the dock. He'll never make it. BB-8, now! BB-8 has to act. He ejects himself from the droid socket, floats 50 feet through cold, empty space, passes through the oxygen shield, and lands inside the hangar with a clank. 
Back on the bridge, BB-8 beeps affirmative on the comm link. We got him. Rose's console flashes. Rose says, Good for light speed. Ray leans past Poe and shoves the hyperdrive helve forward. Bars of light stretch out before them. From the orbital ring, the eclipse blurs and vanishes. Silence. We tilt up. Stars raining down. Vroom. A jagged, sinister ship appears from hyperspace. Knife Nine. Shaped like an arrowhead with adjustable wings. We follow it back toward the orbital ring. In the orbital ring on the external landing area, Knife Nine lands on an exposed landing pad protected by a quantum shield from the cold dangers of space. The Knights of Wren appear from their ship. Hataska Wren, the leader, Stop it armored and caped in black. Ot Wren and Laurel Wren seem to work as a duo. Jadic Wren is the rogue, his mask evoking an angry so, ghost. So does this movie, this script actually use the Knights of Wren? <laughs> we'll see. Hataska <laughs> eyes the scene in studied silence. He turns his ominous masked gaze to Admiral Vaughn. Here to meet him. We uploaded a veil cipher to the droid. You'll have her location the moment a probe is within range. Hataska Ren draws his dark saber and cuts Vaughn down. Why did a I few, have to die? What did, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> there are no small parts, Liam. Only small actors. A few stormtroopers <laughs> oh, wow. instinctively raise their weapons. The other knights raise their heavy blasters. Officers and stormtroopers back away. Tense, afraid. The knights holster their weapons and return to their ship, leaving Admiral Vaughn's body in their wake. So there we go. That was the opening, uh, the opening scene. That's like you can kind of see it as like, uh, you know, like Jabba's palace. Although that took a lot longer, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe in the Rise of Skywalker, it was them the, going to meet Bulio and getting and the stuff, and then from coming those. back. Yeah, that one was a very yeah. short one, though. Um, so this is kind of the the big action scene that opens the movie kind of i still can't believe that they're putting ray and poe together yeah so you Why'd know they have to do you know that, that scene like, that scene on. at the end of uh the last jedi when they I know, introduce each other started shipping them you know who asked ryan johnson to put that in that movie who colin trevorrow he asked ryan johnson to do that because he wanted to set up this relationship. Wait, what happened? Oh, he wanted where Poe introduces himself to Ray, and then Ray and then they both said they, that they know who each other. That I know, I know. All right, where where is that though? At the end of the last Jedi. I know, but like, where is? Oh, that? on the Falcon. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So, so he but wanted to no, set that up. They're just friends. <laughs> Finn, Finn, and Poe, on the other hand. All right. Let's head on to the next uh, the next scene. Coruscant. <gasps> Day. A dense cloud layer pierced with skyscrapers. We follow a security craft down through the fog to reveal the city, unrecognizable from its halcyon days. New structures built atop the deco architecture of the old republic, growing older as we descend to the decrepit streets below. Sedimentary layers of progress. On Imperial Boulevard, the security craft lands on a broad avenue, rife with despair. Immigrants from a thousand systems all seeking a better future for their children. The cruiser unloads a squad of eight stormtroopers on hovering Night Sister speeder bikes. <gasps> for some reason. They disappear down long alleys, spreading out into the populace. One buzzes past a dirty propaganda billboard with the familiar First Order symbol and a message, Join today. Someone has painted Don't above the join. Nice. A street kid, Dade, 12, eyes a pair of patrolling stormtroopers as they rough up a limbless alien. He picks up a piece of broken cement, aims, and throws. It hits the stormtrooper in the head. Both spin, blasters up, but the kid is long gone. A bantha horn sounds on high. Dade races through plumes of smoke, past buildings with shocks of old Republic-era technology, revealing Monument Square, a massive open plaza connected by a web of boulevards. The First Order capital towers over it, a jagged structure balancing on the surface like a spinning top. 
Thousands are gathered here. All eyes are on a dais where capital guards hold a ragged, hooded figure before the crowd. The people look to the sky at a hologram of Chancellor Hux, four stories tall. Dade weaves closer. Today, another conspirator stands charged with treason, Huck says. The guards remove the conspirator's hood, revealing Biskova, our alien on the ground from the Kuat colony. Though support for his cause has all but vanished, let this day remind us of the consequences for defying our supreme leader. The capital guards lead Biskova to a guillotine with a hissing light blade poised above. He stares silently ahead. Kylo Ren is not without pity, just as the traitor before you is not without remorse, and so he offers to spare this man's life in exchange for the location of the rebel base. Biskova remains defiant. Hux's hologram grows irritated. Biskova says in his native language, Kofa Revifa Torah Familia. So be it. Biskova is placed in the lightsaber, the light blade, guillotine. Kofa Revifa Torah Familia. Kofa Revifa Torah Familia. A woman in the crowd covers Dade's eyes. He peels her fingers away, an anger burning within. The light blade falls. From the Capitol Corridor, Chancellor Hux, hair streaked with gray, looks down at the thousands gathered in Monument Square. The people are a distant blur from here. Boot heels click, revealing Commander Selick, Hux's second in military command. Sir, they're here. In the Capitol War Room, a clawed hand reaches into a silver tureen of baby shocks, huddled together for warmth. We follow the squealing animal into the mouth of Lord Gurlid, an alien with razor teeth. No, I love shocks! Too bad. This isn't your daughter, Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> he sits at a table of galactic warlords, tribal, wealthy, coated in elaborate robes and stolen jewels. Chancellor Hux speaks to them, nostrils flared at the smell. I assure you, the stolen destroyer will be found. Our probe droids are scouring the galaxy as we speak. Well, dreadnought costs more than <laughs> just slight through your fingers. <laughs> oh, Anna wants to be Lord Your words don't be, inspire company. I, be, <laughs> I like the southern take, but Anna, let's look at your take on it. if you do it, you can't use a southern mm. take because that's stealing my idea. Um, dreadnought class warship just slipped through your finger tucks. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> His mouth is full. His mouth is full. <laughs> Your words don't inspire confidence. A lone signal won't be difficult to find. Our transmissions blockade has silenced millions of systems. You can silence planets, not people. There have been uprisings. We must not allow the seeds of revolution to take root. The First Order will punish those who defy your rule. Submit your youth for conditioning. They will teach their elders the rule of law. Jor Nolt, a nasty dreadlocked weakway, says, It's Skywalker they believe in, not the law. And his apprentice, this girl, this Jedi, she'd become a symbol of hope. Raykar Shen, a species with curved spider fangs for teeth, says, the people believe she will destroy you, Hux, and your master. Kylo Ren is no master, certainly not mine, Hux says. Ugmot, a shapeless noid, pounds the table with his tiny hands. We must kill the last Jedi! And his subtitles. I know. So, so you need to say, like, oh. <laughs> We must kill the last Jedi. He's so cute, that little noise. <laughs> Huck says, The Knights of Wren have been dispatched to eliminate her, to which Lord Gerlid replies, Our fate in the hands of zealots. You ask for our confidence, yet provide nothing to inspire it. Where is Kylo Ren? The Supreme Leader will return when he acquires the knowledge he seeks. 
The warlords eye each other, not satisfied with that. Jordan Alt asks. When? Hux seethes, speaking through his teeth. Soon. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> okay. I like doing Lord Garland. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to be mad. Yeah. It makes me feel fun. good and angry. And, Wow, and <laughs> tapping into the dark side. Can I be Kylo? You want to be Kylo? You I want to be Kylo. Be Kylo. Okay. okay. On the planet Mustafar. <sighs> the terrain is obsidian-like, black and reflective. Jagged mountains spike in the distance. A cloaked figure in tattered robes rises into the frame. Kylo Ren, bearded and weary. He checks the stars for navigation, climbs over a rock precipice to reveal Vader's abandoned castle in the distance. A drone droid VX-20 floats just behind him. Kylo tells the droid, Stay here. Inside Vader's chamber at night, a forgotten, decrepit cathedral crumbling Pieces of structure litter the ground, untouched for decades. Kylo lights his red crossguard lightsaber, holds it up as a torch. Tiny creatures scurry at the disturbance. A haunting wind blows against his cheek, chilling him. Leave me alone. This is where the dark path leads. An empty tomb, Luke says. Luke Skywalker's voice haunting his nephew like a spirit. And where did your path lead? You're a ghost. I know what you're searching for, Ben. Your master promised you strength, but you feel hollow. Soon I will be more powerful than any Jedi, even you. Are you sure? Kylo snaps, spins, and swings his lightsaber at empty space with a billow of cold wind. Luke's spirit is gone. Go home, Ben. Go home to Leia. Kylo is shaken, but on the altar beyond, the artifact he came here to find, a Sith holocron. He kneels before it, holds out his palm, channels the force. The three sides of the pyramid pull away, revealing an energy within. It glows in intensity and projects a hologram. Emperor Palpatine, recorded decades ago. <gasps> Lord Vader, young Skywalker will soon be ours. I have foreseen it, but we must prepare for the unforeseen. Should he strike me down, you will take him to the Remnicor system. There you will find Tor Valum, master of the Sith Lord who instructed me. The holocron's blue light swirls red. It emits a laser that scans Kylo's body. Here the son of Skywalker will acquire a great ability beyond what you could hope to command in your damaged state. With it, he will harness the untapped power of Mortis. At last, we will realize... The holocron alarms. Kylo Ren is not Darth Vader. Palpatine's image stutters. The d destiny... Potential. A blast of red lightning shoots from the pyramidal device into Kylo's eyes. The invasive pulse of energy spreads over his face like a cancer. Horrible, raw, purple veins streak through his skin. He screams in deep, unbearable pain. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I'm not good at screaming. Good enough. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys remember when I said we would never hear the word Mortis in a Star Wars movie? Yeah. And we never. I and we, was right. Yeah, you were right. Honestly, Mortis? 
Like, I like the Mortis arc, but seriously? <laughs> yeah, that's like, a little much. Who's going to be... How many people would know what the heck that even means? I was... I was I'm very yeah, shocked at that. I know what it means. Yeah, that's true. All right. So, on the Resistance base on Korolev, in the day, a pair of blue eyes snap open. It's Leia. Ben. Leia Organa grips a stone wall, regaining balance. Her hair is long and gray, her robes white. A wise and elegant leader, Leia has suffered more loss than a human can endure, but she remains a rock in a raging river. She stands overlooking a terrain of rainforest dusted with crisp white snow. Korolev, the Resistance's secret base. She senses a presence behind her. Speak. <laughs> Chewbacca approaches with Lieutenant Connix, wounded in battle since we last saw her. She now has a visible scar. Connick says, The team has returned, General. Mission accomplished? Not exactly. Connick nods to the sky beyond. Leia turns to see the Eclipse Destroyer descending to Planetfall over the snowy jungle, escorted by X-Wings. They look like flies next to it. Later, on the bridge of the Eclipse Destroyer, Leia storms onto the bridge as the First Order officers are escorted out in handcuffs. A First Order officer says, you are in strict violation of the Corellian Accords. Yeah, put it on my tab, Poe says. Rose rips the officer's ID bars off his uniform. You mind? I collect these. Connick says. What should we do with them, General? Cook them dinner. They look thin. The First Order officer says. The punishment for your act of rebellion will be swift. The doors shut in his face. Leia says. Scan the ship. This thing could be crawling with enemy troops. But our team didn't consider that, did they? Poe says, come on, tell me you haven't always wanted one of these. Leia gives him a look, insufferable. Prepare for evacuation. We're leaving. What? Why? You stole a Star Destroyer. Rose says, I disabled their home beacon. We're free and clear. And Leia says, Would you bet your life on that? That stops them both. Leia looks past them to Ray in a corridor off the bridge, alone. Leia says, Go. Leia approaches Finn and says, How is she doing? Hard to tell. Maybe you can talk to her? She doesn't need a master right now. She needs a friend. In the corridor of the Eclipse Star Destroyer, Finn approaches Ray, tentative. You okay? I failed. Don't say that. They know our tactics. We've been fighting this war for too long. Those people, the children, I saw hope in their eyes. They believe in you. We all do. Those words add more weight to Ray's heavy shoulders. I can't be who they need me to be. I'm not strong enough. That's not true. Every night I wake up screaming. Every night another bad dream. Is it him? There's something between us. I can't explain it. You have to shut him out. He can't change. It's too late. It's never too late to change. You taught me that. Chewbacca brays, excited. He's looking out a small rectangular porthole in the hull of the ship. What is it, buddy? Chewie opens the blast door, revealing a mile-long arsenal of decommissioned Imperial weaponry. Ships, walkers, urban assault vehicles, mounds of heavy artillery. Finn's eyes light up. This is enough firepower to take the capital. Paul, you need to see this. Poe and Rose join them on the Overlook. It's a game changer. Poe says, see, whenever I ever come back empty handed. This, this was the plan. They need to be together. Why Ray? Why Ray? Why <laughs> Poe? Why Ray? Because Poe slaps Finn's back. Yeah, yes. I know. And then Rose says, was it? Finn says, we have ships, weapons. All we need is an army. Poe says, how? Nobody can hear us. We're in the dark. We push in on Ray, those words resonating with her. We don't have to be. Oh. So the whole What's thing the whole thing is that they're not able to communicate. Like the First Order has just shut down communications completely in the galaxy. Oh. And Ray is saying she may have a way. <gasps> Through the force. <laughs> Through the force. Okay, so that's where we're going to have to end for the day today. Um, 
We we did not make it that far, but that's no, okay. No, we did. Next, we made it next, like ten minutes into the thing, probably. <laughs> next time when we do this, uh, we're going to just probably say "Duel of the Fates Part Two and get right to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was fun, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting to hear this story. So far, um, so I don't far, know. I think it's really good, except for the obvious thing that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a little bit like the whole like guillotine head cutting off thing and and like that Kylo getting shocked in the face i don't know like i i don't know like I, there's there's some parts in mortis i don't know it's just i like it i like it it's okay but i don't know hmm. it's interesting to think about what could have been yeah. you know uh like we have that comic book the star wars which is based on one of george lucas's early 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 drafts of, of <laughs> yeah. a new hope uh and it's totally different, you know. Like characters aren't even the same and stuff. Um, so it's I think it's it's uh, fun to see what could have been. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're gonna keep doing this. This is fun. Uh, I hope that you at home enjoy it. We might not do this next week. We might take a break and kind of come yeah. back to it um, because we have other things that we want to get to. Uh, emails. But, we need yeah. emails. Oh, I know. We got so many emails. Um, well, can and we thank you. Off the show? Thank you for read. everybody. Yeah, you could you could see them before we do the show. But yeah, thanks for all the emails, and uh, yeah, we know we have some news to talk about. That's okay. We can do it next time. Uh, But for now, thank you so much for listening to episode 166 of Children of the Force. And as always, thank you to those who support us over on Patreon.com slash Children of the Force. Your support allows us to do this podcast and to make it better. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter. At Force Children. On Facebook, we are... Children of the Force. Our email address is forcechildren at gmail.com. Our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com. Yeah. And you can email us a voicemail that we'd love to play on the show or record one over at speakpipe.com slash children of the force. That'd be awesome. And uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to us. Helps more people hear the show. And we would like that. All right. For Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. And I'm 14. I'm Leah. And may the force be with you.